0: Welcome to Eye on Dixie, a public affairs show on Radio Dixie 91.3, addressing public issues in Washington County and Dixie State University. Today's program is about social media addiction with our special guest, Professor Nathan Snow. And now, on Radio Dixie 91.3, here's Callan Webster with Eye on Dixie. Welcome in to Eye on Dixie. Today we're going to be discussing social media and internet addiction and overuse and what we can do to avoid it the best we can. I'm happy to be joined today by Professor Nathan Snow. He's a professor at Dixie State University. He he earned his bachelor's degree in media arts from Brigham Young University, a master's in film, cinema, and video studies from the University of Bristol in England, where he graduated with honors, and his PhD in media arts from the University of Central Florida. Along with his career as a professor at several institutions, he has a decade of experience in the media industry, including several years where his job was very much tied into our topic today, where he was in charge of carrying out social media campaigns, optimizing web pages to increase stickiness, and grab the attention of audiences. Professor Snow, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Today we'll, we'll jump in and we're going to cover kind of four topics related to social media addiction. What, what is social media addiction, first of all? What are the strategies in the used industry that are used that end up creating it? Um, who is it affecting? What are the dangers of it? And what can we do to, to try to avoid it the best we can? So these
1: are, this is such an important topic and it's a tricky one. Uh, Social media addiction is frankly something that, at least in the academic circles, we're still debating uh, whether it's, um, not necessarily whether it's real, but yeah, who exactly it affects, uh, how does it manifest itself? Um, It's because this is, because social media is something that changes so frequently, it's it's kind of a moving target for you know clinicians and for academics to hit so uh, i mean this is uh, this is something that i'm passionate about it's something i've worked in for a long time but it's definitely something that you could um, you could spend a lifetime studying it and still not completely understand all of its all of its aspects so it's, so it's a very important thing to talk about because it's something we all we all have to have to deal with but it's not something that's widely understood
0: and i guess from your your perspective like we obviously you say we can't know completely what what all we want to know. But where is that line? Because obviously Instagram, Facebook, the internet, inherently of themselves aren't an evil thing. Just because you use them doesn't mean you're ruining your life. But there is examples we see of people that definitely are having issues. So where is that line from your perspective as, a, as an academic and a professional in right. the field?
1: Uh, the, the line essentially, kind of like with, with other forms of addiction, you know, if we kind of take a page from that book, it's does social media interfere with your ability to, uh, do what we would call, you know, quote unquote normal or healthy independent activities. Does, does social media prevent you from holding down a job? Does it prevent you from having a meaningful, happy relationship? Uh, does it, uh, even, even basic functions like sleep or eat, uh, does it prevent you from doing either of those things effectively or well? And if it does, then, you may have a, a social media addiction. and But you can already see how it's it's kind of a complicated thing because you might think, okay, well, does social media affect my sleep? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people spend an hour or two scrolling social media before they go to sleep at night. And they're getting less sleep because of it. Does that mean they're addicted? Not necessarily. I mean, it just means that they like to scroll while they are, you know, uh, before they go to sleep, you know, to kind of unwind. But now now we get into questions like, doesn't does it really help you unwind, or does it does it keep you up for hours? Does you know uh, people? There have been studies that show that scrolling social media before bed increases your stress levels, making it harder to get to sleep. And when you do get to sleep, it decreases the quality of your sleep. So again, it's not an addictive behavior, but it's definitely a detrimental one. So yeah, the line would just be: Does it affect you? Or does it affect your ability to to do things that would lead to you being a happy, independent person? Does it, does social media act to your detriment that makes in, sense. In, in, in any of those
0: areas? That makes sense. And I, we'll get a little bit more into specifics of it a little later, but for the most part, is that just because of how much time people spend on it or is it a real, because we can see with addictions like drugs and alcohol, there's there's a change in the, the chemistry in your brain. Is that something um, that happens with social media?
1: You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, you, you've just hit on possibly the biggest question about social media addiction, which is, yeah, you know, so if, if you're, if you're addicted to alcohol, for example, right? Yeah. There's chemical changes. There's, you know, there's physical detriment that comes, you know, there's, there's alcohol poisoning in extreme cases, yeah. right? It's it's pretty obvious or easy to see how alcoholism or an addiction to alcohol is affecting your body. But with social media addiction, the physical side effects are not quite so apparent um but the psychological effects are certainly there and very very strong so with you know with uh, with social media addiction there is there is a chemical change that does happen in your brain when you are introduced to social media it's some of the more just heartbreaking statistics especially around uh adolescent girls uh which are frankly the 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 demographic that's, that seems to be most negatively impacted by prolonged exposure to social media, increased levels of depression, anxiety, and even in some cases, self-harm or suicide. We've seen these rates skyrocket hand in hand with time spent on social media. So yeah, the, there are physical, psychological effects, but it's just, I mean, people can say like, oh, it's it's just time being spent on it. Well, the longer you spend on it, you are putting yourself at greater risk for some of these these serious, you know, mental health issues that you that a lot of people live with day in and day out and it's 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 heartbreaking.
0: And so we've seen that for sure like we know that that's the fact the case now. Parents know that, kids I think even know that when they're when they're actively doing it. So what is it about social media and what's done in the industry that people keep doing it? What what is it that sucks people in? so deeply what are the companies what are companies doing what were you doing (laughs) that was that was your goal is to get people's attention I I don't think these companies for the most part are like sitting here like yeah we want to ruin people's life with social media addiction but it's a business the more eyes you get the more time you get Mm -hmm. the more money you generate so what is so effective about it versus all the other forms of entertainment that we have yeah so
1: this is uh, this is where it becomes insidious Uh, I think that's probably the best word for it in that social media piggybacks off of a natural desire that everybody has. It's ingrained into our human minds that we crave social connection. Human beings, we are social animals. Uh, we, we need sociality. Uh, there, there are certain studies out there that say that we were it, 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 was, it was bred into us because if you were part of a social group, a community, a tribe, a family, If you had strong social connections, your likelihood of survival was better, you know, because just it's, you know, human beings, we do kind of have this herd mentality. So that's why it is hardwired into our physiology that when somebody, you know, when when you do something that your community likes, right? Like, so say, for example, you know, if you're in your, if you're in your family and you exhibit a behavior that your family enjoys, like sharing or, you know, just these, these good things. I mean, we call them good because our families have bred it into us that, oh, sharing is good. Uh, You know, communal help is a good thing. And so it releases chemicals in our brain that sort of trigger that reward mechanism. And so that is not a bad thing. That has led to family and friend relationships through human history. Social media hijacks that and it quantifies it in the form of, oh, I can... You know, I I can join a social media platform and now I have attached a quantifiable number to my social worth. And it just, you know, in in the form of friends that are there on these platforms. But then when you post something, you have likes and that, and, and, and you're just, people can just feed at that spring of social acceptance for hours and hours and hours because it feels so good. But it's not, it's not that it's, making us do something that we don't want to do. It's not that it's using, you know, it's not it's not tricking us outright. It's using things that human beings automatically want to have. We want to have connection. It's just that these online connections aren't necessarily the kind that bring us the greatest benefit. Um, over and over again, research has shown that it's those face-to-face connections that bring us the greatest benefit. So that's how social media, that's why it's so addictive. That's why it's so... And so prevalent is because it's using something that you that you already want. You want social connection. Social media uses that to you know to to give you that connection and to kind of you know feed your, you know you get those endorphins and all those wonderful chemicals flooding your brain whenever you post a picture and get lots of likes on it. Right now, what companies do and any social media campaign that I've ever been on. Social media companies, they need you to spend more time on those platforms in order to attract businesses to advertise on them. Um Think about it from a business perspective if you need if you have a marketing budget, you need to advertise well what are the options available to you? You can advertise you know like on radio, podcasts, television those are those are kind of like hammers <laughs> those are blunt instruments you can reach. A huge amount of people potentially, but it's not guaranteed that you're going to be reaching your target audience, right? Like your perfect demographic. That's what social media and digital advertising offers businesses. It's that perfect cocktail of we can show your ad to just your target audience and we can guarantee that just your target audience is going to look at this. So from a business perspective, it makes way more sense to, okay, I, I can spend my $1,000 here where I'm not, my target audience maybe is watching, but maybe not. Or I can spend my $1,000 on a social media platform that guarantees that they will not show my ad to somebody who's outside of my target audience. So that's just more eyeballs, and it's not just any old eyeball. It's the perfect set of eyes for your product. So what, what my... Involvement was in social media campaigns was I would help create what's called a lookalike audience. Um, it's if you've ever signed up for, you know, if you've got an app on your phone or whatever it is, if you've ever given your email to a company, they have likely taken that email and put it into Facebook and said, like, hey, this person is one of my customers, and if as long as you have one hundred of these emails. You can put them into Facebook and say use these 100 people and find me 100, 200, 500, 5 million more people that match this person's characteristics. And Facebook will then use their use the most advanced AI on the planet to look at that person and be like, okay, like this business gave me that person's email if they're on any of my any of Facebook social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, etc. They can look at it and go, okay, what pages do they like? What time of day are they most often on the platform? Uh, And they will essentially find other people who match the description. And then they will show your ad to that lookalike audience. So again, from a business perspective, it's gold. You can, okay, this is an entirely new audience that's never seen my ad before. And I know that they are in my perfect target demographic because Facebook used my current customers to make the audience. So that's, but the only, the only way that Facebook can guarantee that lookalike audience is going to be accurate is if you, the Facebook user or Instagram user is spending time on the platform. And that's where this, you know, using human beings, social needs to get them to come back to the platform, to post more, to engage more so the facebook and these social platforms can just learn more about you so they can make a better a better model of your behavior that they can then sell to an advertiser
0: and kind of understanding that there's all these dangers with it and specifically that it attacks adolescents the most that they're the most susceptible you you're a husband and a father and a media professional what have you seen that's effective to help protect you to protect your family your kids and what do you anticipate doing as they grow older so those dangers we talked about aren't going to to affect them as hard as other people yeah it's
1: um I, I it does keep me up um it's a worrying thing uh it's you know from a from a parent and professional perspective you know you you don't want your kids to be ostracized but you also want to protect them from you know the yeah some of these some of these dangers and it's not that Again, when, when I was working in social media, I didn't wake up every morning, you know, wringing my hands together and twirling a mustache, thinking like, how can I capture someone today? It was more just, you know, I, I, I was working for a good company, believed we had a good product, and that we could, you know, use social media platforms to inform more people about it. Again, the, the insidious part is the fact that, it, that these platforms require time. Okay, so first... And a way to kind of protect yourself or if, if you're a parent listening, a way to protect your child, if you're young and you and you think you may have a problem, sort of steps to start protecting yourself is one realize that social media platforms do not they don't necessarily have your best interest at heart. Um, the famous saying goes that if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, so remember. Every time you go on these social media platforms, they want you to spend as much time as possible. They are competing for your attention with a dozen other media platforms or movies or TV or time with family and friends. Social media platforms are competing for that time. So they will use whatever they can use to make sure that you are going to spend your time with them. And that usually means, again, using the most advanced AI on the planet to... We go okay what what picture should I show you right now it's, and it's not even like when you click on a link that something is tracked every single thing you do on a social media platform is tracked in order to optimize the amount of time you spend on it so believe me, a social media platform knows like ah, they picked up their phone at this time they logged on to our platform at this time how can we how can we shorten that period of time between when they picked up their phone to when they logged on and ah they usually log on for five, six minutes. At the fifth minute, they will start showing you more intense posts, more politically divisive posts, because those are the ones that tend to get more engagement. Um, they'll show you pictures from your ex at the end of your scrolling time, because they want to get another minute out of you, another two minutes out of you. So first of all, just, just realizing that that's what's happening. Uh, because as soon as you do, then it becomes a lot easier to follow the next Steps or bits of advice, just things that I've I've read and what what the current research is. Which uh, you can probably the biggest thing you can do is turn off your notifications, or or really you know establish those do not disturb hours on your phone. Notifications are some of the most useful tools that social media has to get you to come back because it um, it schedules thoughts in your head, as as, as some experts have put it, where. If, if a notification dings on your phone, you know, you'll naturally look at it, but then that is, the, those notifications happen at certain times. For example, if you usually log on at a certain time of day, but you haven't, that you'll likely get a notification at that time of day because the social media platform is like, wait, where are they? They usually log on at this time. We need them to come back. So they'll send you a notification. So a way to kind of take control of your life, of your time, is to turn off those notifications because then you get to be the one to choose when you go on and when you go off. It's not, it's not a ding in your pocket that you know, tells you that you need to go on now. It's more, you make it more of a conscious choice.
0: That makes sense. As we kind of wrap up here, if people want to learn more about the issues and what they can do, I know one, one great docudrama that you mentioned I watched was The Social Dilemma. It's wonderful. What are some other places people can go to, to learn more?
1: uh I would uh, there, there there's lots of uh, sort of digital freedom activist groups uh I would say, but honestly I would the the place where I would go to first is I would start looking for peer reviewed academic sources about social media addiction and usage um these are you know i mean a quick google scholar search of you know social media bullying will will tell you what's the state of social media bullying now and what can you know what are some tactics i can do to help if i'm the victim of you know social media bullying um but essentially don't go to social media (laughs) for you know for, for more for advice on how to quit because they will likely not give you um the the most accurate or correct information, so I would honestly open up a a private tab on um on Google or something, but it still tracks your IP address so you might not even be getting the the, the full story there but i would I would open up a tab and I would do a Google search for a peer reviewed journal something from the um uh, the American Pediatric Association or um the you know a, American Medical Journals. Uh, some of these, these legitimate peer-reviewed sources will give you the closest thing that you can get to truth on this really tricky subject.
0: Sweet. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Hopefully we'll have you on another time. All right. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Ion Dixie, a public affairs show on Radio Dixie 91.3 addressing social media addiction with our special guest, Professor Nathan Snow. For more information about social media addiction... Watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. You can also listen to a podcast of this and other shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, and Radio Dixie, 91.3.com.